But sometimes we wait till everything is perfect before doing everything. And you know, you can wait till the day you die and never really amount to doing anything significant because you're waiting for this perfect time. But you know, God, the faith is, Martin Luther King said this, is taking the first step without knowing, seeing the whole staircase. You know, sometimes uh, the walk of faith, it says we walk by faith and not by, by sight. Because uh, the walk of faith is different in that, that you've got to know what the Lord's saying and believe that God will provide for the next step and the next step. So with all the things that we shared, we don't have a full picture of everything. But we know that the Lord is calling us to act and not do, and, and not do nothing. And so we take the steps that we can and believe that God will continue to unfold his plan as we take that step of faith. Amen? And I just kind of said something for my message uh, coming up here. But let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for your presence. Thank you for your presence, oh God. When we gather, you said in your word that you inhabit the praises of your people, God. Father, as we praise you in our worship, in our singing, in, our, in the word, in our giving, in our fellowship with one another, we ask that you will inhabit this place, oh God. As we said, worthy is the lamb that was slain, Lord. We are proclaiming with our mouth praises unto our God, for only you alone are worthy. Worthy of praise, worthy of honor, worthy of glory. And Father, we ask today, Lord, as we praise you with our lives, oh God, that you will inhabit this place. And we thank you that when you, where your presence is, there's liberty, there's freedom, there are miracles, there's healing. And so God, we sit under your word this morning with expectation that even as your word goes out today, Lord, that it will accomplish in our lives the purpose for which you send because your word is a living word. And we pray today that the power of your word will heal. I, I feel right now as we are praying that the Lord is just wanting to touch someone that's sick in their physical body. Father, we thank you right now. That we thank you that you're here. We thank you that you sent your word and heal our disease. You're the Lord who healeth us, O God. Your word declares that you will bless our bread and water and you will take every sickness from among us, O God. We declare that word right now and I ask for the body that is ailing, that is sick, that news, that's report, that's troubling somebody right now. I ask in the name of Jesus that you will send your word, O God, touch from the top of the head to the very sole of the feet, every cell in the body be touched and impacted by the power of the cross, I pray in the name of Jesus. We thank you that you're a God who healeth us, O God. You're a God of miracles and we receive Receive that in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your miraculous healing, God. We receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, give the Lord a shout of praise, a clap offering, for He's doing it. Amen. Sometimes that's what faith is. It's like oh, you receive it as if it's already done because God said it. Amen. So let's go to Judges chapter 15. We're going to continue. In fact, I'm going to kind of pick up where I left last week. But I want to go to Judges 15 and read just a couple things. We've been on the life of Samson. Our series centers around the idea of being propelled into your destiny. We know that we all have a purpose. And there are a few thoughts we've, uh, we've come along and talked about the last uh, few weeks. But uh, Judges 15. Okay, verse 18, I'm going to read. It says, Samson was now very thirsty. And he cried out to the Lord, You have accomplished this great victory by the strength of my sub- your servant, must I now die of thirst and fall into the hands of these pagans? So God caused water to gush out from a hollow in the ground at Lehi. And Samson was revived as, uh, as he drank. 
that, that then he named that place the spring of the one who cried out. And it's still, it is still in Lehi to this day. Samson judged Israel for, four, for 20, 20 years during the period of the Philistines, during the period when the Philistines dominated the land. Now, if you go back to uh, chapter 13, where the story of Samson is introduced in Judges, uh, we see that Samson was a guy that was called by God with a purpose, and one of his purposes was really to begin to deliver Israel out of the oppression of the Philistines. And so, in that one line in verse 20, it shows like, it's like one line. But when you think about one line, that's a long period of time. 20 years, Samson judged Israel. Well, in those days, the leaders of Israel were judges. They were not, there were no kings or anything. God actually never intended for Israel to have kings over their lives. Kings were a matter of something that they respond, God just answered something that they asked God for. But God's intention was, He wanted to model out this nation to be a people that God can say, hey, if you want to see people that have the favor of God in their lives, if you want to see people that have the blessing of God in your life, look at Israel. So he, it was, Israel was kind of his pride. And he says, with, the, with you guys, I don't want you to be like every other nation. I want you to, I, 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 I'm going to anoint people that will watch over you, that will lead you, but they will not be rulers over you. And so that's why you get the book of Judges that narrates the different, that period of the Judges and different ones that kind of had the anointing. And the one unique thing about the Judges is that they were just anointed by God to, to be leaders in Israel at that time. But there were no kings. Nobody was a slave to no one or anything like that. That was God's design. See, for us as believers, we are the same seed. See, God wants us to be ourselves. And so the power of the cross is that it redeems us and it snatches us from the work of the enemy and it makes us our own people. And the Bible says that we are a royal priesthood, a peculiar people, a holy nation chosen to bring about the praises of the one who called us out of darkness into his marvelous sight. That was God's purpose for us as a church. He says in the last days that he, he will put his spirit upon us, that he would teach us the word. He says, who's going to be your teacher? Only God. So we are called to be people that are followers of Christ, not people. And that's why God removed all the barriers so we have full access, so we can grow in it. So now he anoints people in the church. He anoints teachers and evangelists and equipping, and their job is to equip believers. But they're not rulers of a people. So we mix this thing up. Israel did the same mistake. God didn't want them to have a king. He didn't want them to have a ruler. But he anointed servants to lead them into their destiny. That's the same with the church. So tonight, to this morning, I share with you the word. But my goal, my intention is not to be your leader, per se, but rather to help you and encourage you so that you can follow Jesus. Because he's put his spirit inside of you and he can reveal himself to you. He has a purpose for your life. You know who will discover that purpose? You will. He has a plan for your future. Guess who will discover that? You will. He has a mission for you to accomplish. Guess who will do that? You will. And he's given you everything you need to become all that you can be in Jesus Christ. I am a follower of Jesus first before I'm anything else. And so should you be. 
a follower of Jesus. So we walk together. We encourage one another. He says when we come together, one has a prophecy, one has a psalm, one has a word. Why? Because we're encouraging each other. But the ultimate goal is so that we can all follow Jesus and be disciples of Jesus. Amen? And that's where the place where we begin to, uh, to discover who we are and what we are called to do in our lives. How do we get to that point? It comes to a point where it's so necessary that we grow, that we continue to grow. This is a product of growth because it's in growth that there is a blessing. We established three things at the very beginning. I'm going to just repeat real quick. Three things that we saw Samson had going on in his life that enabled him to do and fulfill the purposes of God in his life. In the verse 20, we see that he was called to be a leader of Israel to help Israel be delivered from the oppressors, because they were oppressed. They were oppressed by the Philistines because of their own fault. But God wanted them out. And so he anointed a guy like Samson. He gave him supernatural strength, physical strength, to be able to fight for, 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 for his people. Samson was not a, a perfect guy. In fact, he did not fulfill all his purpose. But I bet you he did a lot of things for 20 years. He at least lasted 20 years. And next we'll talk about a few things that we can relate to also that happen in our lives because we are imperfect people as well. Unless there are a few perfect people around. I like to chat a little bit because I could learn maybe one or two things from you. But yet God uses us where we are in spite of our past, in spite of of our mistakes, at the point where we are when we call, when we stand and call on him, he answers us. So Samson is finished here, a situation, This what I p- picked up this morning. Uh, let me go back first. Three things that we established going on in his life. That he was blessed. That he was called. And that he was anointed. Okay. Um, you, we need those three things going on in our, all, on our lives all the time to be able to fulfill any purpose. You want the blessing of God in your life. You need to discover what your calling is and know what your purpose is. Because when you have your purpose, you're laser focused. Because there are a lot of distractions. Trust me, there are a lot of distractions that will come around. But if you know your purpose, you can kind of stay on. You stay on track. Nehemiah was a good example who had a mission to go in and rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. But as he, get, he got closer and closer to his fulfilling that purpose, he got more and more Opposition. Opposition started before, but it intensified. The more determined he was, the, more, the higher the intensity of the opposition arose. See, that would happen to every one of us. One of the indicators sometimes when you're on the right track is that weird things will start happening. Oh boy, where did that come from? But oftentimes when we hear and feel the pain, it's our natural tendency to run away from it because we don't want to feel it. But it's in that process that we are refined and defined and becoming more and more like Jesus. So, my friends, if you're in a time where you feel, if you're in your time in your life right now and you're feeling pressed on every direction, dig deeper. Get on your knees. Get closer to God, not far from God. Keep pressing on because there's something. Maybe you're not doing everything right, but there's something you're doing right. And the enemy is absolutely intimidated and he would want you distracted of every direction so that you could get off track. Because if you get off track, he's fine. You just keep on the walk of faith. You keep on focus in spite of what's going on. And I tell you, 
if you endure to the end, the Bible says, you will win. It says, many are the afflictions of the righteous, the Bible says, but the Lord delivers him from them all. Not just some of them, the Lord delivers him from them all. So, in our lives, we need those things going on. Blessing, calling, anointing. Anointing causes us to go beyond the ordinary. Anointing empowers us to do what we cannot do at our own strength, with our own natural strength. Samson was anointed and it did incredible stuff. So you're thinking, wow, you pause for a minute when you think about what's just written. You're like, that's incredible. You know, we read it as stories, but it's not stories. It's like, because there's nothing that is impossible with God. There are things that are impossible with us, but with God, all things are possible. There is not a single person that's beyond the reach of the Lord's anointing. There is not a single situation that is too difficult for God. And so he wants us to be strengthened in him, to grow in him, so that we could have the flow of blessing. Last week we talked about how there is a connection between the blessing and, and growth. So we need to be continually growing so that we can see the fullness of God's blessings in our lives. And as we grow, there becomes more and more clarity as it relates to purpose. And that's where the anointing comes. Such a quiet church. I hope it's a good thing. But that's where the blessing is, okay? I said last week, and so I'm, go- I'm, I'm going back on what I talked about last week, that the, 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 uh, the blessing, um, um, the growth, the recipe for growth is not as complicated as we might think. It's really all the time, oftentimes, a lot simpler, the, the simpler than, we, than we imagine. But sometimes there are indicators in our lives we could see where growth is lacking. How do you find out when you're not growing? I know in my life, for instance, I can tell when I'm not growing is that the Bible starts getting dry a little bit. I'm not getting revelation. I'm reading it, but it's not like, wow, wow. Because God's word should be filled with constant wows. Wow, I never saw that. Wow, wow, this is, wow. I was like, okay, something is happening. When I'm missing that in my life, I know I need to reevaluate where I'm lacking. Okay, so the three things I'm going to talk about today are things just kind of that are natural, the simple things that we look in our life and evaluate. How are they, how are they working in my life? Are they working at the same time? And this should be happening for us whether we have been walking with God for 50 years, 70 years, two days. They work all the time because they are principles. It's not something that you master and you're like, hey, I got that done, it's checked. No, it's things that we have working in our lives. You see, the Pharisees had some of them working, but the application was different. So let me, I'm going all over the place. I'm going all over the place because, you know, my heart is so full uh, because I do believe that there is a key here for us. Because God blesses our growth. Where are you at? Are you growing spiritually? Are you growing in your life? We know it's true when it comes to career, education, anything you want to do. If you're, if you're going to be a doctor when you grow up as a young person, college, you know that you're going to do more schooling than the regular chose. If you're going to keep those grades up there, you're going to start study longer. How many have you ever been like, when you have a test tomorrow and you're trying to crunch the whole textbook that night? 
And you pray in the morning, God help the answers to be right. You know, and he can refresh you. He's a gracious God. He's a gracious God. And I have been a benefactor of that grace many times. More times than I, I deserve. But you know that those that, 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 that put diligence tend to do better than those that don't. You cannot control every circumstance. In fact, one of my life uh, verses in Proverbs that talks about hard work. And uh, it talks about, you know, it says that the, uh, that the, the, the lazy man longs for many things, but his hands refuse to work. He's greedy to get, but the godly love to give. And you see maybe sometimes people that um, have a lot of things going on for them, but they work when everybody is sleeping. They put in the extra time. I'm not saying that we should be workaholics, but there is blessing that goes with diligence. Just doing the very best you can. God's put me here. My job might be just cleaning but I'm going to be the better clean, the best cleaner. My job may be greeting at the door. I'm going to be put life in people when they come and see me. My job might be just something that maybe doesn't even be seen on the outside. It's the one of those behind the scene kind of job. But at least I'm going to do, apply myself and do the best that I can. We need to pay that kind of attention also when it comes to our spiritual health. God wants us to, to continue to grow because it's in the growth that the blessing and the discovery of purpose unfolds and the anointing comes. Okay? I'm not going to repeat the same verses I did last week. So the first one that we see, another a habit that helps and stimulate growth spiritually is prayer and the word. And I, you know, it seems like, well, so cliche biblically. But there's got to be some communication going on. So uh, uh, communication between God and you going on. Now, Samson here, he cries out to the Lord because he's thirsty. He cries out to the Lord. He says, Samson now was very thirsty. He was very thirsty and he cried out to the Lord. And then you, you have accomplished this great victory in, uh, in, through the strength of your servant. Must I now die of thirst and fall into the hands of the pagan? You know, this is coming after great accomplishment. He's just taken on a few guys and he fought himself off. And he comes in and he's dead, tired, and thirsty. And he's thinking, I defeated all these people and here I am. I could die because I can get a drink. I need one. And because he cried to the Lord, the Lord answered him. And God provided what he needed in a miraculous way fashion. See, you can pray because I'm a Christian. I must pray. But you can have a sense of desperation crying out to the Lord. He's not out here. And Samson sat down and he asked the Lord, Lord, help me with water today. No, this was a desperate cry. And he cried out to the Lord. The Bible says, deep calls for deep. So those who hunger and thirst shall be filled. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him and he will answer. He says, you will seek me and you shall find me when you seek me with all of your heart. That the prayer, the earnest prayer, of a righteous man has great impact. In fact, that verse in James is a fervent prayer. 
When's the last time you cried out to the Lord? And when you cried out to the Lord, what was your request? That's when growth happens. Samson cries out to the Lord. He cries out to the Lord, and guess what? God responds immediately with what he needed at the moment. There's something about hunger. There's something about thirst. There's something about a desperation that the Lord responds to. Because it requires faith to go that deep. Verse 19 says, So God caused water to gush out of the hollow in the ground at Lehi, and Samson was revived as he drank. It would be awesome to see revival in America, to be a revival in this generation. I'm praying for revival because revival changes everything. But you know, revival can happen every day. Samson drank from the well and he was personally revived. You can have a lot of revival going on around you. In a dry and thirsty land, God can still be pouring out to you when you learn to to get in that secret place with him and call out to the Lord. Psalm 63, 1 says, O God, you are my God. Early I will seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. There's no water, but my soul thirsts for you. My soul and my heart will cry out for you. David said once again that, uh, that as the deer padded for the water, for the water brook, so my soul longs after you. If you've been dry and still, it's time to cry out and say, God, I'm thirsty. I'm thirsty for you. See, God knows what we need. He knows exactly what we need. But when we are thirsty for him, he says he will always fill us. When our cup is full, I tell you, the flow of what God wants, he will speak to you in the secret place. The Bible says that he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High, shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And I will say unto my God that he is my refuge, he is my fortress, he is the God in whom I trust. There is something, friends, to be said about being in the secret place of the Most High and crying out to God for his presence. Because the next response is a very confident response. I will say, I will declare of my God that he is my refuge. Why do you need refuge? You need help. You need a place of safety. My, he is my help. Because he's in a disciplined place. You spend time with God and you come back. Your situation sometimes is not even changed. But your confession is stronger. You have a bold declaration about your God because you've been... In the sacred place of the Most High. Growth necessitates that kind of hunger and that kind of thirst for God. See, we can live off of junk. We can feed our souls with just about anything. Everything wants to kind of go in there. And so we have to contend for that space. 
to be with him. He's made it every part. He's given us access in his presence. Let's get in it. Because it's in that place where you and God are that you are anointed. That you get that word, that clarity, that vision. The second thing is this fellowship and testimony. I want to kind of uh, look at that again. In Luke four eighteen, Jesus says that the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the recovery of sight to the, to the blind, to set the, to set the liberty, those who, set at liberty those who are oppressed. You see, the anointing comes into our lives, not just for us. Yeah, we fulfill the purpose, but the anointing is supposed to actually have an impact on other people's lives. And so part of your growth track as a believer is a constant witness, being a constant witness for the Lord. That's another growth indicator that I look to assess. Am I joyfully sharing Jesus? Is my testimony alive? Do I share even with other brothers and sisters? Do I talk about the Lord? When I find that I'm shy on those areas, and it's just not flowing out of me, something is happening in my growth track that I need to evaluate. Did I lose my first love? See, when you first come to Jesus, most of the time you're like, God is just revealing himself to you, and you're discovering these things about God that you never felt. Sometimes we can lose that, just going through the motions. And one indicator is when the word of our testimony is not fresh. So Jesus says that the Spirit of God, this is Jesus, the perfect Son of God, says the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news. Revelation twelve eleven. I don't have them up there, so if you write notes, you're, you're having a competitive advantage. He says that they overcame. I like how the Message Bible put it. Okay, he says, they defeated him through the blood of the Lamb and the word of their witness. They, 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 weren't, they, were, they were not in love with themselves. They were willing to even die for Christ. And I tell you, if you can't proclaim the Lord in the congregation of believers, how can you do it amongst people that are hostile towards the Lord? So that's where the power of testimony comes. Because we encourage one another, the Bible says, when we get together. That's why we encourage things like small group. It's not like we want to add anything to your schedule. Man, well, give, be free all you want. <laughs> How many already have a full schedule as it is? But we know that these things are so important because when we walk together, we sharpen each other. The Bible says iron sharpens iron. But the enemy will use isolation so well. He's a master of it. It's like, oh, well, just a waste of time. I could have been out there and watching, who knows, what game. It's not always sports. It's a movie and stuff. But people say, oh, I don't have time. I know sometimes it's not always sports. That's true. (laughs) But, you know, truth be told, we do spend a lot of time on a big tube or with the little tube. Actually, the little tube a lot more than the big tube anymore. And somehow, some way in our incredible 
busiest schedule of all times. Let me compare mine with yours. Yours will pale if we look at it. Somehow we get time for the literature. And you start adding up the time. I just can't get together with my brothers and sisters and just pray for one another. Open up the word. Oh no, I'm too busy for that. I tell you, Satan is taking us down little by little, causing us to, to inhibiting our growth. Because we are not coming together enough. He knows that when we do so, things happen. If we keep on keeping on doing these simple truths in the Bible that have power. Because you don't know that one group meeting that you go to is going to be the one that sparks a word in you. You might go 20 times and get nothing out of it. Nothing. But it could be just that one time that someone has a fresh word from God that cuts in and changes the direction of your life. See, God has tremendous surprises. In fact, he works in ways that we can't see. We can't understand. He says, as high as the heavens are above the earth, so are his ways above our ways. Quit putting him in a box just to what he says. See, when we receive Jesus and get saved, we are asking him to be the Savior and the Lord. A lot of times we get the Savior thing right. We completely forget about the Lord. He is my Savior and he is my Lord. If we're only focusing on the Savior side, all we are concerned about is Hey, I just want to make sure when that door closes, my, I'm in heaven. When I die, I got the ticket to heaven. But the Lord requires that we live for him while we walk on earth. But here's the thing. He's a good Lord. Because he's only Lord because he wants to direct us to the fullness of who we are and what we are called to do. It's always for us. See, we are accustomed to lords on earth, and so when we hear authority, Lord, we get defensive. We don't want to be told what to do. We are free men. After all, we are a free country. Don't you tell me what to say. Well, there are times that you would have feelings and you would have thoughts and you would have all those things. That you feel and, 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 and hear and, and I want to express. But if the Lord's word says contrary, then he is right and I'm wrong. That's what it means to be his Lord. But the mindset we got to get right in our lives is that he is the good Lord. And that he's doing it for us. He wants good things for you. He wants good things for my life. So when we are growing, we begin to discover this. And isn't it interesting that the power of the blood of the Lamb is associated with the word of our testament? It's like they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. Not anything more powerful than the blood of Jesus? 
This is not that alone, but the power of our witness. The power, they overcame the enemy by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. I grow when I'm sharing Jesus spontaneously. You don't have to be an evangelist um, with a mic or waiting for people going for the Haskell game there and telling them how they are going to hell. No, it's not that. And sometimes we have these images in our minds like, that's not me. And so we kind of got out, get ourselves out. But is God working in you? I think if you're growing, it'd only be natural through your regular life when situations arise and you could, hey, you know, I'm going to be praying for you. Or can I pray for you right now? I mean it. And that simple witness can have great impact. This week I listened to a testimony on Focus on the Family about a lady um, by the name of Jackie. I can't think of her last name now. But uh, um, uh, who, who worked for, she worked for Teen Challenge. Has an incredible testimony of deliverance where she was so in a drug addiction. It was so bad that it was a hopeless situation. Twelve years she struggled. And she grew up from a nice family. And she just listened how the road... It's not like she was a, a statistic. Oh, this one's kid would pass on. She says, I grew up well. But yet I still went there. But she says, twelve years she struggled. And she had never once been told that there is hope in Jesus. She had never heard that. Anyway, that's the part that made me want to cry. I think, wow, of all the Christians that we have in our country, she had been through rehab, everything. But it was 12 years of our struggle that the first person ever told her that there is hope. You know, Jesus can help you. And you know, she had an encounter with Christ and she was delivered. In fact, I'm going to post that testimony on uh, Facebook, right after the service. If you want, it's such a powerful, powerful uh, testimony of deliverance. And the same Jesus is at work today. Same Jesus is still healing and delivering and restoring. My own father got deliverance in an instant by being touched by the power of Jesus. Didn't even do rehab. And I support rehab. And I support all the effort. But God is still powerful enough to change your situation on the spot. He can heal you on the spot. He can deliver you on the spot. He can turn your life around on the spot. That's the power of the gospel that resides in us. When we grow, we begin to have that faith that builds inside of us. That knows and recognizes that God is able. And that God is still willing. And that God is still doing miracles. And God can still be trusted. That's the power of the gospel. So the anointing comes in our lives as we grow. And we begin to have this increase in our lives. And there's a progression that takes place from there on out. That helps us to believe God in every situation. Last one. Is, is giving and service. 
These things have to be a part. I'm saying these three areas are things that need to be working in our lives at all times if we're going to be constant in growth. So when you find yourself that you, maybe you're not growing, maybe the, the, the joy of the Lord is, I, I was evaluate what am I lacking in in these areas that I need to evaluate and, and, and revive is giving and service. Malachi 3.7 talks about in fact, let me read it. It says, yet from the days of your fathers, you've gone away from my ordinance and I've not kept them. Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you said, in what way shall we return to you? So obviously at this point, revival was lacking. They weren't hearing things from God. And they're so far from God in Israel. And this prophet is having a conversation from God. God says, I want you guys to return to me. You've been, you haven't been listening to me. You've been doing your own things. Uh, and this is going from generation to generation. I'm calling you out to return to me. You know, I want to send revival to you. I want to send revival into your life. And you know, the story goes on. Verse 8, which I'm not reading. Probably I have it. Let me just uh, paraphrase it. You can read it in Malachi 3. He goes, but you've robbed me, God says. You've robbed me. The prophet says, how, how in the world? How can we, will a man rob God? How in the world do we even have an ability to rob God? And the answer was so surprising. God says, yes, you've all robbed me. The whole nation has robbed me. And there is a curse on the nation because of it. And you've robbed me in this. Here's what the law said. You've robbed me in your tithes and in your offerings, plural. He says, bring all the tithe, verse 10. We, we've had that one many times during the offering time. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse and there will be food enough in my house. If you do this, I will open the windows of heaven for you. Pour out a blessing so great that you wouldn't have room enough to contain it. Trust me in this, says the Lord. And, and he goes on and he says that, uh, that, that you, he goes on and the promise of blessing and how he would patch our pockets. He would not cause our, 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 our crop to give up before they, they mature and all that. So all these promises, and, and it all started with the people that have been far from God. See, God's called us and he's calling us to be servants and givers. And when you allow that area in your life to close, it kind of not flow in your life, you kind of clog up a lot of blessings. And sometimes you can distract your personal growth because just the way he is. Jesus said, that the greatest among you shall be the servant of all. Let me put it in a different language. The most successful among you, maybe we can relate to that, will be the servant of all. When you think about history, the people that have made the most impact that we recite over and over again and admire have been great servants. We look through American history, the servant leaders, we remember them. More recent history, people like one, one recently I was reading Nelson Mandela. Well, why do we remember those people? They were servants. They were not there for themselves. They served the people. Well, maybe you're not Abe Lincoln, maybe you're not Mandela. And God doesn't want you to be Abe Lincoln or Mandela. God wants you to be you. Are you serving? Are you giving? 
Get those things moving in your life and you'll start seeing some personal revival. And the clarity of purpose comes in those times. To finish, I'm going to say this story I've done in my own life. I'm standing here. I never once planned to be a pastor. It was never a plan in my life. What are you going to do when you grow up? I'm going to be a pastor. I'm going to preach the gospel in Lincoln, Nebraska. I didn't even know such a place existed. But you know, when I, when I look back upon my life, I realize that every single step of discovery and clarity and purpose was always revealed in service. I said, when my first ministry I ever did at the church, I went to help out. Uh, to Asha, actually. I was just going to greet people. I like talk to people, help them come to church. And then I, as I went early, earlier than normal, I noticed the sound people and how much they do before everybody shows up. So you guys need some help? Oh, sure. So now I'm an Asha and a sound guy who knows nothing about sound. But at least I can lift cables and take them where they're supposed to. Just tell me. With this speaker, I can lift the speaker, get it where it needs to go. You know, great. And the story will go on, and I will be leading small groups. And one of my pastors asked, hey, we have these new believers in this slum. It's called Kijiji, which means a village. It's this slum that we had like 20-some people that got saved when we did an, an outreach as a church to the poor and everything. And, but they, they needed people to disciple them and to go in and start small groups. And the leader was tr- moving. The guy that was in charge of that area, in fact, was moving to Des Moines, Iowa. He's a friend of mine. <laughs> Duh, yeah? <laughs> I said, like, we need someone to go in and just help until we figure out what we want to do. He's like, okay, hey, I'll, I'll help. And before you know it, that would lead into, well, we need to do another church plant out of this plant. And, in, in, uh, and we need some of the leaders to come with us and help start this church plant in a slum area. And that would be John, um, uh, would be the lead, would be John Stern, would be Sarah's uncle. I went to work with him for one year to help that church get started. And that's a year that this most amazing, beautiful woman from Lincoln, Nebraska, shows up to serve. And I meet her for two minutes, I have no idea. I say, like, hey, nice to meet you, John Sneeze, great, I'll see you. Never a thought in my mind. And you know how the story will go on. And when I look at it, at every point in my life where there was a change, where there was a shift, where there was a direction, where there was a focus, it was always involved in serving and laying out my life for others. And then God said, oh, you want me to do that? Oh, yes, sir. Yes, Lord. Your servant heareth. Give, 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 serve, 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 serve. You can never outgive him. You can never do too much for him. Yep. Amen. Let's stand up. <laughs> we'll continue next week. Did you receive something from God? Are you inspired to start growing somewhat? Amen. Come on, you can glorify God. Amen. I want to pray. Father, in Jesus' name, you're such a good God. You're so loving, so great. You blessed us more than we deserve. You've loved us when we were unlovable, God. 
You've been so gracious to us. Even when we are not gracious to our brothers and sisters. You've been merciful to us. Even when we've done the opposite of those around us, God. I pray, Lord. I pray that you will touch us by your Holy Spirit this morning. Yes. But we've been numb or dry or not producing any fruit in our lives. Just like Samson cried out, we cry out to you, Lord. Our hearts are thirsty for you. Our soul is longing for you. That you will pour out your spirit in our souls, I pray right now. For that heart that's been so dry, that soul that's been so thirsty, that one that hasn't been growing and bearing fruit, I pray that the rivers of the, of the Holy Ghost will touch that soul and bring personal revival in every heart. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus. Begin to worship in the Spirit with me right now. There's personal revival. Personal revival happening right now. As we worship, we love you, Lord, we love you, Lord. Holy Spirit, reign in us, reign in us, oh God. Come and touch our hearts with who you are, Lord, hallelujah. Holy Spirit, reign in us, reign in us, reign in us. Come on, call him out, call. Oh, call, cry out to the Lord like David cried out, like Samson cried out, cried out. When you call on me, the Lord says, I will answer you. When you call on me, he says, I will answer you. I will show you great and mighty things, things unknown to you, says the Lord. When you call on me, says the Lord, I will answer you. Oh, hallelujah. We call on you. To, we call on you. We cry out to you. Cleanse us by the blood of the Lamb, Lord Jesus. Wash us, oh God, with high soap. Make us whole. Give us a fresh start in you, Lord. Revive us, Lord. Revive us, Lord. Revive us, Lord, we pray. Hallelujah, hallelujah, Lord. We thank you, Lord.